play. Um, he really, from an athletic standpoint, has everything that you would really like to see at a backer from the next level. I've even heard rumors of him maybe switching over to safety as well. Um, haven't really seen him in that role, though I know he did play some of it. So I'd have to actually check more tape and get back with you on that. Um, as far as his aggregates go, 6'2", 235, raw athletic score of 9.83. So really this top end of this linebacker class is just super zesty, man. I'm really liking the athletics there. If they can uh, get on a team that really knows how to use them in their specialty, like I said, that's really what it's going to come down to. Uh, number five, Owen Papoli. Papo, um, horrible with names. So uh, linebacker out of <laughs> Auburn, another guy who is just crazy athletic. He ran a 4.39 per NFL.com, the 40-yard dash, super fast. I know these guys don't just wear uh, underwear in the game, but that's still something that you really like to see. Um, when you look at him on film, straight up, no surprise, this guy's athletic as hell. Uh, he's got explosiveness and stuff. Like I said, there's still some things to his game that he probably needs to polish off. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter likes him a little bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just just some things you'd like to see from him. But as far as, like, a first-round talent, I don't know. I'd probably have, like, a mid-second on him. But I, I still think that he could go to a team and be effective. I don't think he would have to be a special teams guy. So if you end up uh, missing out on the beginning linebackers in the in your actual rookie drafts, uh, if Owen Papo falls down the line maybe uh if he's got a decent landing spot take a shot on him and see what happens man number six demarvin overshown out of texas this guy he didn't really start catching ground at least for me until i don't know maybe like the all-star games and stuff that's kind of when i really uh, got on to him he's 6'2 229 the raw athletic score is not as great as the other guys but it's still above an eight we got 8.12 uh, he's just long and rangy. Uh, he has good tackling point. He kind of does everything that you want from your linebacker as far as going above and beyond, though. Not really sure. Uh, maybe third round, third, fourth round, one of those mid-round guys. Um, but can definitely step into a role if need be, be part of a rotation and get you some points on maybe uh, a bye week apocalypse, something like that that you have going on. Um, so as far as that goes, those are just my top guys. Is there anyone here that wants to come up and talk about anyone at the linebacker position or any of these other defensive positions in the draft? I have questions, but not really about rookies. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, what do you think about um, – I've been getting a lot of questions. I'm sure you've seen them too about Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil, mm. like – how are you how are you viewing that because i'm kind of just like playing the middle right now but i don't really know who to lean into personally so i'm curious what you think yeah um i mean i have been a willie gay guy i, I liked him coming out of college i liked him in the system he didn't really do much to start last year though he got really hot before his suspension finished out the year with decent numbers but then like you said they chiefs go ahead go out and sign drew tranquil um, I think Willie Gay will still be the main guy there. They also have Leo Chenault to back up Nick Bolton, too. So that linebacker room is actually looking pretty thick. But I think it's more of just, uh, I don't know, Gay's numbers will take a hit. But I don't think it'll be as substantial as people are thinking. Drew Tranquil was there on a one-year deal as well. So I don't think – I don't know. I think it's going to be more of a rotation, like you said. It does bump Willie Gay a little bit down for me, but I still want to see what they do in the draft. And uh, I kind of want to see what this defensive construction is looking like in the preseason before we go and do anything crazy. If you do have an extra roster spot, though, 
I mean, why not go and take a flyer on Drew Tranquil and just see what happens? They had, like I said, they do have him on a one year, so I don't really think that. I know they're going to use him as much as they can, probably, to get the most out of him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Drew Tranquil. Um, and he, I mean, he's shown he can be a boss. Yeah. I was just kind of hoping that Willie Gay could continue to ascend, but it looks like he has like a hard calf now because I mean, it's. Drew Tranquil is pretty good. So both of them, I mean, obviously for Dynasty, you're going to be around for a long time. Um, but I was just kind of wondering about this year, especially now that we know Nick Bolton is the main guy. I think I'm still leaning into Willie Gay as well, but that could change. I'm going to be watching the training the reports at a camp for sure. Yeah, no, that, and that's what we're going to have to do, man. We're just going to have to play it by ear and just kind of play linebacker roulette, I guess. It's not the best for uh, Willie Gay. But obviously that, that Kansas City linebacker room was on rotation even before Bolton got there. Bolton's really been the only guy that's stuck, I think, in recent time. But, yeah, definitely a hit to Willie Gay. But I'm not I'm not fading him yet, man, because uh, even if you try to trade him or whatever, you're probably not going to get much for him. So it's probably just best to hold on to him. Or if someone releases him, maybe take the come up, see what happens. Uh, Drew Tranquil did have 1,051 snaps last year, and that is – Almost more than double, no, just under double from 2021. He had 560, 2020 at 5, 2019, 382. So he hasn't really been a consistent starter aside from last season. Um, so, yeah, they might just put him in the rotation, honestly. That's what I'm thinking. Word, word. What else you got for us, bro? You said you were going to pin some stuff to the top. I don't see nothing up there. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to do that, honestly. <laughs> oh, are it. you on your phone or your computer? Yeah, You're on your phone, right? Yeah. Well, just go to the bottom right where you go to, like, the share thing whenever you go to a post, and then it'll, like, give you the option to, like, go to, like, your group text and all that. But at the very, very tip top, there should be, like, a little tiny gray icon that says Mesa's Space, and you click that, and it'll pop up there. Mm-hmm. So find a tweet. Yeah. Then you just click the share button. Okay. And you go to the very top thing right underneath the share tweet. It says, in mine anyway, I don't know what you run. I have a, an Android. Got it. Okay, sweet. Yep. Thank you. Then you can just put whatever you want up there. Okay, perfect. All right. Um. Yeah, so I just dropped something up there. We were talking about kind of rookies for a second. I want to talk about Jalen Carter is reportedly declining any visit requests from teams picking outside of the top 10. I wanted to get some people's thoughts on this. I think your best asset is just to go out there and talk to as many teams as you can. I mean, it's not like teams can't move forward or move backwards. Um, curious to think if anyone here thinks that that's going to put a cap on him or if maybe teams are going to look at him in a different light because of something like that. Um, I'm sure there's been all-stars in the past that have done things like that, but um I don't know with everything going on, I guess this off season for him and leading up to the draft, I'm not really sure if this is the best move for him. Do you have any thoughts, Jordan? I don't know shit about Jalen Carter, so no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sounds like he thinks pretty highly of himself, though, so I respect yeah. it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at, just the fact that he's like, nah, I'm not talking to anyone else. Like, you think that's more of like, uh, I'm only worth the top 10 pick, or that's just... I don't know. Yeah. Again, I don't know anything about his career life story. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't watch college football. So um, all I can do is base him based on what I've got right here in front of me. And that's where I'm at with him. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I just don't think it's a very good business decision for him. I, me and myself, I would want to talk to everyone else, but I'm also not an aspiring NFL player. So, um, okay. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing teams will remember too. You know, when he comes around for that second contract, they'll be like, well, remember when he didn't want to talk to us? So we'll go get, you know, so and so from that same class who's, you know, was a lot more humble and willing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so if his career does not pan out the way that he thinks it will, that's something that teams are definitely going to bookmark, if you will. Yeah, yep. I like that. Um, okay, I kind of wanted to take a look at some of the uh, rosters around the league to figure out where some of their spots are as far as uh, draft needs and kind of what they're doing so we can kind of get a better uh, grasp on this IDP landscape that's coming up and get a step ahead of your peers. So I want to go ahead and take a look at this NFC East. I'm going to start with the commanders. Uh, Ron Rivera still the head coach. He's on thin ice, though. Uh, Eric Benimi, uh, uh, probably butchered that name as well, but uh, he's a new offensive coordinator. He might be the next man in line, so I'm really curious to see what they do. I'm um, not really going to touch on the offense too much. Just going to go ahead and say that Sam Howell is right now the QB1, Jacoby Brissett the QB2. Uh, I'm not really sure if they're sold on Sam Howell. Ron Rivera saying he is, but that might ultimately be the final straw of the camel's back there. Um, going over to the defensive side, Montez Sweat, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, nothing changes there. They get Chase Young back, hopefully. So, um, definitely someone to look at. I was down on him last year. Um, I'm still not going to pay up for him. People are still calling him generational and, uh, putting, bro, he's trash. No, I will. People are putting the draft capital into him. And I mean, I want to see if he can actually come back and have a year. I mean, Bosa, we saw Bosa be injured for a season, came back and did really well. Um, I just don't think. Chase Young was ever really right, you know? So I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful that he puts up decent numbers. Now I, I'm still liking Montez Sweat over him because of the uh, cost. Um, and I don't really know if people are high on Montez Sweat. Every time I kind of bring him up, no one really says anything. So I think he's kind of just like, I would have to think that they would be similar in cost to get on your team. I would trust Montez Sweat more, but I guess you're kind of right. I mean, if you do, if you believe and other people believe that, we didn't get to see Montez Sweat really, you know, himself, you know, fully. And that's fair. You know, it's possible. Um, then there could be a lot of upside that is not showing up in the numbers. Um, you know, just the thing I always point out is just like how few quarterback hits he had as a rookie compared to how many snaps he played. Being the second player picked in that draft was extremely alarming. And he's done nothing to really comfort me since then. But I think you could say maybe he wasn't playing fully healthy. So I don't know. It's it's a curious situation. And as far as their quarterbacks, I think Jacoby Brissett is the guy. Like, he's such a beast. People underrate him so much. Um, you know, he's not – he, he, he's probably – he's like a – he's not going to win a Super Bowl. He, I don't even think he can get that lucky. But he's a good quarterback, way better than any quarterback that the, 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 the commanders have had since Cousins. Um, so – I kind of like Terry McLaurin a lot this season, a lot, like as a guy to kind of do what Stefan Diggs did, where we know he's good and we've seen him be good, but he never hit that ceiling. And then Diggs kind of out of nowhere had that one big season where he popped. I think it was that very first season, actually, when Cousins got there or it might have been the season right before that was Case Keenum. But that's when he kind of popped. And then he went to Buffalo and he had another good season. But if you, you look at his career, you know, it is similar to Terry McLaurin's where it, it, he flashes, he flashes. He kind of has guys around him doing other stuff. Uh, but Jacoby Brissett just gave Amari Cooper career high touchdowns. People don't 
don't recognize that, I don't think. And he put up another thousand yard season. Uh, so with you know again Jacoby Brissett. So uh, I just want to throw that out there. And if you want to do that push play, if you want to you want to mimic what the motherfucking Eagles are doing at the one yard line, your man is Jacoby Brissett. He's built like a brick shit house. And you put he throws his shoulder down. He's gonna get just as far as Jalen Hurts. Um, I would not be surprised if Ron Rivera pulls that cat out of the bag a lot this season. And again, I, I, that's me just kind of speaking into existence. I think Jacoby's gonna be their starter. So anyway, I didn't mean to hijack <laughs> with the Jacoby percent <laughs> take. No, no, that's only it's fair to say because last year he had a sixty-four percent completion percentage. Um, kind of split his touchdowns and picks twelve to sixteen. But like you said, he's an efficient game manager, and he's 6'4", 235, man. So if you want to put him on the goal line and do that, you definitely can. Now, this might be out of range to say, but I've seen the XFL, a couple of their teams running two quarterback offenses. And we've seen some teams maybe split a split a wide receiver – or sorry, a quarterback out to wide receiver and then put another athletic quarterback in behind. Um, I think with Ron Rivera being on such thin ice, like Jordan was saying, I think he might not really care that much, and he might – try to go out and pull some magic out of a hat and see what happens, man. So yeah, Jacoby Brissett for sure, uh, name to watch. And I, I, I'm not really too sold on Sam Howell. I mean, you see a guy going, what, the fifth round and he was supposed to be a first round pick. I, I don't know that just goes to show you what the league really thinks about him, especially if they're drafting Malik Willis before him. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure what to say about that. Bang, bang. Y'all have any questions? Keltown, you want to weigh in? I know you got opinions out there. I know you got some opinions out there. Kelsey, what's up? Andrew, what's up? Thanks for being here, y'all. This is, a, like you said, a safe space. If y'all have any fantasy questions, offense, defense, special teams, best ball, IDP, dynasty, et cetera, we got you covered because we are interdisciplinary practitioners of the game. We're not Twitter pontificators on best ball and DFS ad nauseum in perpetuity <laughs> until the dawn of fucking time or end of time. Everyone is good at best ball, man. I am. Uh, I was doing. Bro, best ball is the shit, but it's no, like I, it's not like I love best ball. That's why we we cover it on the channel too. But I feel like it. It's just that it just again it just shows you how thirsty it shows you how thirsty people are for like another format, which is why it's just like I mean you know best ball's always been there, you know IDP's always been here, you know what I mean like eventually it'll just be like whoop here we go so. I just, yeah, the reason why I gravitated towards IDP is just because it wasn't getting any love and it's literally on the other side of the TV screen. And like, I was sitting there as an active fan and I watch every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, and I don't watch the other side, you know, the other 70% of my TV. And I just, like, once I sat there and like realized that, I'm like, dude, this is so strange. I, I paid $1,000 for the 70 inch TV and I watched 30% of it. <laughs> That's so weird. So, um, yeah, just kind of after I made a few shitty trades, then I kind of got some ground and, took off with it so yeah really love idp um let's go ahead and move on to the next east squad just so we can kind of hit a couple of them why is this not opening okay here we go new york giants um yeah we're just gonna go straight to the defense here their offense is kind of a mess i don't really know wide receiver wise they got a good tight end in darren waller but aside from that and the barkley situation Okay, uh, defensive line, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams at the at nose tackle, uh, Thibodeau and Ojolari on the outside. I think their front four is pretty nasty. Um, if you are in redraft, Thibodeau is definitely a name to look out for. Some leagues, you can start him as a linebacker and a defensive lineman. I'm going to advise you just to start him as a defensive lineman. 
Um, if you didn't, can't get- they draft a an edge rusher too this year, like in the four or five or something. Was Ojolari? that a thing? Ojolari? No, they had Ojolari last year. Or they drafted him two years ago. They drafted Thibodeau last year. Nunez. I thought they drafted Rose? another. Another. Who did they draft this year? No. They drafted two players in the top six. I remember. I thought one of them was Edge. Maybe I'm losing my mind. He's offensive lineman. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's offensive lineman. Where's he at? Yeah. I mean, uh, they drafted two guys though. It was Evan Neal and then um, Thibodeau. Yeah. So they got linemen on both sides. Or both sides of the. Yep. But they're. Uh, okay. Hey, make a mess. Gotcha. They just got uh, Okariki, which is good for weak side. Um, I'm not. They got Jared Davis, Micah McFadden, Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin, and Darian Beavers. Darian Beavers, I thought was actually going to be better last year and get more opportunity, but he didn't. Saying right now, he's third on the depth chart at will, and they just went out and got Bobby Okariki. So I think that story's kind of over. Um, do you think that Jared Davis could be a liable middle linebacker for fantasy purposes or do you think that they're gonna look fuck no okay i saw that they were just um the giants today are interviewing Deion jones <laughs> so yeah Deion jones he uh he's he's getting the old uh just pass him around treatment these days that he was a he was he was literally pff's first star on defense wow. he was the first he was pff's first superstar now he's just a journeyman linebacker at 27 wow. no big deal Anyway, um, don't um, there I go again, going crazy. <laughs> um, I would say if I'm looking at linebackers for the Giants, didn't they bring uh, you, the Micah McFadden guy was like kind of doing some stuff, but I'm not into that. I think I feel like I remember talking about Cam Brown with somebody down in Mobile, and yeah. they said Cam Brown looks like he's in a good spot to get some more snaps, and I. Oh, I think that ha- yeah, that happened. I actually, Billy and I were at a table, and if I remember right, the fucking New York Giants linebacker coach was actually like walking next to us, and like we kind of knew that. Yeah. And I said, and I was trying to remember some players I'd met at the Senior Bowl in the past, and Cam Brown was there when I went the in 2020. And I was like, I bet I said I said something to him, just so I was like, he probably won't believe I know like this pull. And I was like, how's Cam Brown looking? And he's like, he's like, hey, he's, like, he's looking pretty good. He's actually blah blah blah. I'm 90 percent sure that happened. We'll have to double check with Billy. I uh, I feel like you that's know, I get a lot going. That's nuts. So I would keep an eye on Cam Brown. He might be somebody to take a peek at. Um, yeah. And didn't he play at Penn State? Wasn't he like with Micah Parsons? Yeah. Was Penn that State a thing? Bingo. See, I can I can pull some shit when I need okay. to. So there's <laughs> that's if I have to go for a linebacker in, in New York, I would be looking at him because I know the cost of acquisition is literally zero and the <laughs> upside is kind of there. So yeah, no, uh Cam Brown, mainly a special teams guy. He's gotten minimal reps um as far as defense goes. But uh, from what I'm seeing here on his special team stuff, it looks pretty good. So maybe he's kind of worked his way into a position. He only got three. Tackles. That's what I was gonna say because, yeah. I, cause, like, that was the converse. Like, it was like a bigger conversation, and they were like, "Oh, you guys are you?" Look, I feel like because like, you just hear people talking. He was like, "Oh, you know, are you guys." Somebody was like, "Oh, you guys looking for a linebacker?" Because like you know, their linebacker room is obviously kind of a huge fucking train wreck. And he was like, "No, nah, no, nah, we got some guys. We're pretty confident." And I was like, "Oh, I perked up." I was like, "You're not looking for linebackers, okay?" Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, well, what does that mean? And then, like, that's where, like, his name kind of came into it, where, like, they kind of are starting to feel more confidence in him. Again, this is all from a, a, a memory of someone who's smoked a lot of weed since then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and that was months ago. 
And we learned a lot of really good information at Mobile. That's why we put our eye on Jonathan Mingo, too, who's been blowing up on Twitter over the weekend. He's been getting a lot of love. So I wouldn't be surprised if he moves into the back end of the second round by the time we get to our rookie drafts. And you could, he was like not getting drafted two months ago, basically. Yeah. AT Perry. I like that. Maybe not the second, but definitely in the third round. I've been seeing him kind of pop up and go. I really like that guy out of Wake Forest, wide receiver. Okay, uh, moving on from New York. Let's see if I can get this one up. You should invite Cub. You should invite Cubby up if he can. I don't know if he's working or not. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if anybody else wants up too, just throw the you know. Remember to throw the mic out to him if they want to come up. Because I can't do that. If I was a co-host, I could. But and I'm not saying make me a co-host. I don't okay. want that responsibility. Dude, I'm, but I'm just saying. This like spaces one on one. Yeah, I know. It's it's a, hey, don't worry. I mean, you're doing fine. I mean, we're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You're talking about we're talking about football. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning some stuff. I'm having conversations I would not have if I was like doing a piece of content. You know what I mean? No. And that's the thing. People don't understand like the, the practicality of spaces. In my opinion, is you just get to share ideas. You know, and again, it's kind of a low low uh low risk environment shall we say hello you just kind of start with the topic and spread it out pretty much exactly and i mean there's people here listening they're more than welcome to throw in and yeah you know, throw something out there but anyway yeah we, we want to go to another division now or did you want to touch on the cowboys or i'm gonna hit the eagles and then the cowboys really quick all right i'll let you do your thing i'll shut up okay for sure no you're good um eagles offense pretty much set up aside from that running block Running back position, they did go out and get Rashad Penny, and uh, Trey Sermon has caught a lot of heat on Twitter. I'm not sure why. So um, Kenneth Gainwell, not really sure if he's going to be that guy, but uh, they might just run Rashad Penny until the wheels fall off by week four and then just see what happens. But, um, all right, defense, defensive end, uh, Brandon Graham, and then they have Josh Sweat. I really like Josh Sweat as a spot starter for fantasy, especially last year. Um William, or sorry, let's see, D- Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox on the inside. They also have Milton Williams and Kendavious Street. Um, I'd really like to see more from Jordan Davis stepping up into this year. Everyone was on that guy. Uh, I know he's more of like a whole clogger, but uh, still like to see him step up, get more reps, and kind of fill in that uh, that right defensive tackle position next to Fletcher Cox. Um, linebackers. So I, I, I like them. I don't like them. I don't really know. First off, we'll just start off with the weak side. Nicholas Morrow, I'm not really a fan of his. He had the keys to the defensive ship in Chicago last year for a minute, and uh, he fumbled the bag. Sanborn came up and then got injured, and then obviously Chicago didn't like what they see, so they let him walk. Um, Eagles got him. I'm not sure if it was a one- or two-year deal, but he is a side. Nicobe Dean, third-round pick, the guy who a lot more people thought were going to be taken in the first round. Um questionable medicals among other things that I'm unaware of had him fall into the third round. The Eagles swooped him up Uh very aggressive player played well in the stretch at the end of the year. I'm excited to see kind of what he can do. And I think with uh, Gardner Johnson gone, he might be set up to get the green dot. I'm looking right now. I don't really know if they're going to give it to like Terrell Edmonds or Reed Blankenship or Avante Maddox. So uh, if I had to give my best guess, if they're going to put him in that driver's seat, they're really going to put him in there. So, um, yeah, Nicobe Dean, I don't think he's on your wire, but if you had him and you had him on your taxi squad or whatever, don't don't trade him. Or if someone's out on him, um, go ahead and swoop him up, see if you can. Uh, Hassan Riddick also on the outside, a name that goes without saying, and a 49er quarterback rusher. Unfortunately, deuce my boy Brock Purdy, man. 
that guy is just a complete animal sack monster. If you have him, play him as a DL. Do not play him as a linebacker. Um, the Eagles just signed Terrell Edmonds as their strong safety from Pittsburgh. I know he wasn't really too hot for IDP in Pittsburgh, but coming into this role, um, I'd like to see him maybe step up. He might be a guy that be underneath the radar come draft season and redraft and someone that you could pick up on the cheap and then spot start. Um, he did have Micah, or yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick next to him. So that was kind of the guy that was getting all the plays and stuff like that. So maybe uh, Troy Edmonds can create some noise next to Reed Blankenship in the secondary. Uh, for the Eagles, that is all I've got there. And now the Dallas Cowboys. Um, let's see. Zeke's gone. And uh, they don't have a tight end anymore aside from Jake Ferguson. So that's really what you got there from offense. They signed Brandon Cooks. They stopped C.D. Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup. Jalen Tolbert, though, sadly, the uh, draft dandy from last year's fantasy. <laughs> He's uh, falling down the depth chart fast. So hope you, you didn't draft him. Um, defense, defensive end to Marcus Lawrence. Awesome. Micah Parsons, fantastic on the outside. If you have Parkins or, uh, Parsons, you're playing him as a lineman. Uh, you can spot start him as a linebacker. He's just that versatile. He's a freak. He's worth the top pick. I've been seeing him go top three, mostly this offseason in drafts, uh, dynasty and redraft alike. So if you can get him and you're in the top three, definitely go ahead and go for that to solidify your defensive line. Um, I think it's on the inside of the line is where these guys are going to have maybe be looking for some depth. Um, Jonathan Hankins and Osa. I'm not even going to attempt to say that last name. Osa. Oh, I'm going to say that's his name. Um, yeah, they might look to beef that up their linebackers as well. They have Damon Clark, Jabril Cox and Leighton Vander Esch. So um, maybe look for them to get a couple guys in the draft. Um, Donovan Wilson, J. Ron Curse. They were both uh, fairly decent for fantasy last year, pitter-pattering weeks. So I look for them to both be uh, utilized as well. Jordan, I'd like to get your thoughts on Trayvon Diggs. Uh, I like him as a spot starter. I see a lot of people drafting him really high in drafts. Do you think that he should be drafted, or do you think that he should be more of a guy that people just kind of let someone else take? No? Sorry, sorry, I had to unmute myself. Um, I like. I mean, for me, you know, he is what he is. He's he's going to be a starting defensive back for fantasy. That has a lot of upside based on the team he's on, based on his skill set, based on his age, for at least you know two more years, three more years. So if you want to have like a drippy safety or a drippy cornerback in the NFL, and you want to put that person on as like your your maybe a potential weekly DB two. Uh, with some like with like some legitimate DB one season long upside, unlikely but potential there. But I would be very comfortable with him as a weekly three. I mean, super comfortable with him. Um, and back to the drippy comment, it's like you know if you want to you want to go head to head with somebody with Sauce Gardner, you know Jalen Ramsey's not that guy anymore. Like he is a little bit more for fantasy now. But if you're looking for like that 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 player who's going to show up in the big game. Um, and is young and is kind of powerful on that franchise is doing some things right now. I'm I'm about putting some Trevon Diggs on my fantasy teams, and you know what I'm saying. And especially after a, a quote unquote down year, you know where he didn't catch all the interceptions and all that. You know it's whatever. He is a he he's proven himself at an NFL level. Um, and again, he's he's still one of the younger guys out there that can 
can kind of show out like that. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. I wouldn't overvalue him, but I'm totally fine if people are undervaluing him. Kind of like people have, you know, perennially undervalued Minka Fitzpatrick. They just build these narratives around players. This player does this one thing. This is what I've said. This is what will, you know, happen. Even though I have multiple new data points that maybe suggest differently or past data points that suggest differently. Um, And they just miss out. And that's fine. You know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to not miss out. We're here to... When they say, well, you know, you only beat me because he had two interceptions. I'm like, yeah, no shit. That's the whole point. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, in 2021, he had 11 interceptions. And, I mean, let's be real, that's amazing. But do you really think he's going to get another 11 interception season back-to-back? No, no, but that's irrelevant. I mean, who? No, I mean, no, that's no, no. A, that's, yeah, but you that's know, what I put down on him. You know what I mean? Because point. Yeah, exactly. To time. even bring that up as a, as a, as a point of our contention just yeah. shows you don't really have any real reason to doubt him. Well, yeah, because you look at his past breakups, 2020, he has 12, 2021, he has nine, 2022, he has 10. So that's fairly consistent. He's in the mix. He's there. He's gotten anywhere from 76 targets to 91 targets in a season. And he's only allowing a 61% completion percentage. Uh, with the way that offense is geared, that's going to be high tempo, especially with Zeke on too. Um, I think Tony Parlow is really elusive, but they can use him in the past as well. And they've, they're they a really spread out offense. So that's just more reps for the defense. I'm looking at here, 62 reps, 69 reps, 74 reps, 79 reps. And these are all games without overtimes, man. So he's going to be out there on the field. He's going to get tried, and he's going to get you anywhere from two to nine tackles in a game with possibly a pick. So, yeah, that uh, that DB2, I can see that. But at the same time, like you said, if you have a three DB bench and people are sleeping on this man, pick him up as your DB3, and don't be afraid to put him in the rotation because if he does have a big week, like, uh, I don't know, we'll say last year against Chicago, seven, eight tackles against Jacksonville, seven tackles five tackles against Houston. Like they, they find different ways for him to be used. He's used in the slot as well. Not as much, but um, he is using the box sometimes as well. Like Jordan was saying. So um, just wanted to shed some light on him because yeah, last year I was kind of like weary of people starting him. Not really sure because of the interceptions, but the more I look at it and where he's a Iggy. lot. Yo. Hi. Yeah. The more that, uh, the more that I kind of dive in and look at it, like, the Cowboys are a high tempo team and Dix is going to get, he's going to get the spots. So yeah. I want to, I want to jump on the back end of that too. Like you said, like, again, as a three digs is saucy. It's, it's sassy. It's, it's, it's flexing. You know what I mean? Like I had teams last year where my DB three was John Johnson and, you know, um, fucking Keanu or Keanu Neal sometimes just like, you know, people you really don't want as your DB3. I mean, they're fine, you know, just like a lot of people are fine. You know, Terrell Edmonds, perfect DB3. Hate it. That's not what I want as much. You know what I mean? But if everyone else is like, oh, well, Trevon Diggs is not going to be elite ever again. I'm like, great. I don't need him to be that. I need him to be my DB3 so yeah. I can flex on you whenever he goes the fuck off. And you're like, well, it's an outlier. And I'm like, that's all I do, baby. That's all I do is catch lightning in a bottle. At my wide, at my DB three position, where where are you at? So, I mean, that's just how I live, though. <laughs> no, I like that. What I do, you go for a number. Your number one person on your roster should be your anchor, your solidification, someone that you completely trust the entire time. But Here, let's for- do something real quick. I want to do a this or that with you. All right. So, your DB three spot: Kareem Jackson or Trevon Diggs? <sighs> Diggs, easily. All right. Um. Trevon Diggs or Juan Thornhill? Diggs. Uh, Trevon Diggs or Tyron Matthew? Uh, it's got to be Diggs. I do like Matthew, but not for anything. 
Okay, Trevon Diggs or um, I don't even know who the Rams safeties are anymore right now. Um, yeah. One of them named Scott something. It's probably going to be a rookie, but they're going to have to be like a yeah. Or a Ram insert Ram safety. <laughs> Micah's Hyde. You know what I mean? Like people are like, oh, you want your safeties? You want your safeties? Like, yeah, you do. But also, like, again, do I want a shitty? You know, not shitty. I mean, God bless them. A shitty, you know, safety three, or do I want to put in a saucy beast mode Dallas Cowboy CB one into my DB three spot? I mean, we're playing fantasy football here. Like, just spare me all the the nonsensical crap and just. As my, I want you know, I want upside of my three spot. There's no reason to shy away from cornerbacks, especially if they can do it. Um, and we've seen again, even Jalen Ramsey has had a pretty good career. As somebody people say that people shy away from him, you find a way to get in the mix if you're, you know, if you if you play ball, you know what I mean. Um, and if people are gonna let that fall to a three, you know what I mean. Like you remember when people let, let's put it this way: Do you remember the season that people let uh, Tyree Kill fall to like the fifth or sixth round? after he had been like wide receiver two or three that season, because they were like, well, he can't do it again. Cause it's just, you know, it's too deep. Those shots are too deep, blah, blah, blah. It's like, so what? Like he's shown he can do that. And then he showed he could do more, do different stuff. Same with Diggs. same with Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, so anyway, yeah, shout no, out Trevon Diggs. <laughs> shout. While we're on the topic, um, talk about corners that had over 70, uh, okay, we'll just go top five and tackling DJ Reed Jr. for the Jets. For some reason, Isaiah Simmons is a cornerback on PFF. Uh, <laughs> Why are you on PFF? You're fired. I'm just looking up freaking people, man. Based on you're fired. I'm down. I'm not using this. <laughs> it's all based on. I hope you didn't give him any of your money. No, calm down. I know the gold <laughs> rule. All right. Anyway, Davis Ward for the Niners. Um, he's got over 70. Taron Johnson for Buffalo and Legarius Sneed. Legarius Sneed just had one of those rare, crazy freak seasons. Dude's got 20. Bro, he's a beast. Handful of sacks. Like, this guy's safety. He's freak. a beast. This guy can play every, everything, man. But I want to put on attention. Look at um, Coach D'Amico Ryans for the Texans. The Niners had two players in the top five last year in tackles, according to PFF. I know it's just PFF. It's not freaking stack records, but still, if you it's look at fake made up data, just make not, sure you caveat that. Insane. Just look. So if you look at these, at some of these players, maybe you can tell by the schematics on how well they do and how they are used, things like that. Now you don't have to use this site's stats per se. You can go to sports ref or wherever you get your stats from and just look and see where these guys are from and what kind of roles they're playing. And you can start to paint a better picture on how they are used. Would you agree at least with that, Jordan? 100%. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I 100% no, agree with that. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, PFF is a valuable piece to the puzzle. I will not deny that. If you know how but to yeah, exactly. If you know how to use it, most people just, you know, think that is the puzzle. Right. <laughs> Iggy, you want to come talk, brother? I sent the uh, the invite. That goes for anyone that wants to. I probably got about 19 more minutes, and then I got to dip out. Um, I wanted to shed some light, maybe on some slot cornerbacks as well. I don't really know. I guess it's kind of we're in the rise of the big nickel. I don't know if you agree with that, guys. Well, okay. How about can we let's do touch on that because I don't one. What does that really mean? But two, I was reading something that came out yesterday that Bucky Brooks put out on ESPN, just kind of talking about how Julian Love 
is going to free up Jamal Adams to kind of play more of a pass rushing linebacker type role, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so they have Julian Love, Quandre Diggs, and Jamal Adams there now. So I kind of read through that. What, what does that? Does, how does that correspond with what you were talking about, Big Nickel? Like, what does that really mean? Can you help kind of break it down for me a little bit? And what do you think that? What do you think about that sort of group of guys there? Because those are all three players that have been very fantasy relevant at different times. No, for sure. And um, I think what it comes down to is kind of what uh, the was it Brian Flores for Miami kind of did it with three safeties where he's rotating guys, putting one kind of at a linebacker in between and then having two guys other. So you don't really get caught up in these mismatches with linebackers being put on slot outside guys with these super, super athletic tight ends that we're seeing. Uh, I don't know, they're just making them bigger and better every year. So to really have someone that I guess is a tweener, a linebacker slash safety is really just big money. Now um, we're seeing more of these players come out of the, the NCAA that, are able to play in multiple faceted positions at a high rate. And why wouldn't you want a player that you could just go ahead and put money on and then just have him stay in and do whatever the best that he can do in certain positions or knows how to sniff out or knows where to play, whether that's uh, close or far out. So to have someone like uh, you said, Jordan, Jamal Adams, who already has the instincts, already knows the smarts, already has the game. It's just really just comes down to his body. That's the only like factor that I guess he has against him. So why not put him in a position to where he can pick and choose and do whatever and use his best skill set? That's that's really ingenious, I feel like. There are a couple guys that I'm higher on in this draft, 2023, that are linebackers that can also play safety. Uh, Jaden Woodby out of Boston College, uh, Ben Van Summeren, and um, I, I know I've seen Trenton Simpson as a safety prospect, but I really need to look that up. He is super athletic and stuff. But um, – yeah, no, so it's just someone that can sweat out and give you more bang for your buck. Someone that's that can run multiple positions and do it at a high rate with an athletic body type. I don't know. You got any thoughts, Iggy? What's yeah. up, Iggy? Jamal Adams has had, what, like three relevant weeks of his entire NFL career? <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I know Jordan is a Jamal Adams fan, but I can't just allow him to keep banging that drum. I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, don't worry about Jamal Adams. Don't waste your time. Like, maybe in the waivers, okay? Uh, if Seattle's smart, what they'll do with Jamal Adams is what Bob Sanders and the Colts did and just let him sit all season, wait for the playoffs to start, run through this terrible NFC that we're about to have, and go to the NFC championship game and hope you can beat whoever else is going to be there. You know, because... I once- think that's a... A real possibility, too. But exactly what you're saying. I have to take the basketball route. He's going to have to be a load management guy. Like he just can't handle it. Like his body can't handle it. I'm sorry. Small guys with small frames. Don't matter how much HGH and steroids and training and weightlifting. Your body just can't handle it. Okay. And he plays like a guy that's a lot bigger than he is. So he's just never going to be healthy you know they're gonna have to figure out how to do that you know as far as Cleandre Diggs and Love goes I thought they were great safeties last year and uh, I think uh, Pete Carroll has a way of getting the best out of everybody Bobby Wagner's came back right uh, let's see what that does to it you know um, in, if they can generate some pass rush they lost some guys in the pass rush uh, but if they can generate some pass rush and some of those guys might be part of that maybe Jamal Adams becomes a third down specialist all right becomes just like a kind of glorified you know DE to an extent uh then so be it, you know, but that's what they're going to have to figure out how to utilize best. And they brought, they brought those guys in with the plan, you know, like I think Pete Carroll knows what it's going to take. Look, he's going to have to stop Christian McCaffrey, you know, in his own division, you know, he's going to have to stop. Well, 
you know, say what you want about Connor. I still think he's a pretty good bruising back. You know, it takes more than one guy usually to bring him down. So they're looking, you know, at their own division and looking at what they're going to have to do. Nobody's scared of the Rams quarterback. You know, nobody knows what San Francisco's quarterback's even going to be. Uh, God bless you if you think Kyler Murray's still going to be good. So they're focusing on the ground game, and I think it's a great call. But from a fantasy perspective, I would want love over uh, Diggs far more than I would ever want Mr. Hurt over there. <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying as far as their roles, too. Like, I think that's why they brought in Love is because they want him to do what they wanted Adams to do. And that's the thing to Pete Carroll's credit. Like you said, like, we know that Jamal Adams, like, he's taken all this information exactly like you just laid out. And he's like, yeah, this guy can't be my, you know, 100% snap, you know, snap safety on the back end. That's not going to work. But on the flip side, we know he can rush the passer. And he even said the other day, I saw he started tweeting more Jamal Adams, which is one of those like context clues. But he said, you know, I'm getting healthier. I saw Pete Carroll said, you know, exactly kind of what you said. He's like, you know, we're really optimistic, but and it's very rare for Pete Carroll. And he's like, but I really don't think we're going to get him out there, you know, if, you know, early. And I was like, and I immediately was just like, and he is saying that openly because he has already kind of changed what he wants to do. And like you said, bringing Bobby Wagner back too it really does open up a world where Jamal Adams can be legitimately kind of maybe playing like a Micah Parsons pass rushing role where you, he comes out on third downs, like you said, like later in the season. And on top of that, if something terrible were to happen to Diggs or to Julian Love and you have to throw him out there for a few games, you know he knows how to do that as well. So – I well, I I brought it up because I think it's a very sneaky sort of clever and like you said, Iggy, like a very thoughtful thing that they did there. Um, I think that they signed old Gino back on purpose. I mean, I'm very, very, very bullish on uh, DK Metcalf as well. So I just wanted to bring that up because uh, the the idea that we could potentially have three safeties, you know, that could be fantasy relevant. Um, and they have it, like I said, at different times they have been, you know, Julian Love was a beast last year. So just wanted and, to touch on that and say that I agree with you completely. Like, I think he's going to, we have to redefine what Jamal Adams is going to be, but I think he, I think people are understanding like he's a, a weapon. He's not necessarily just like another player. Yeah, no, he does everything in his own right. So and he's you, fucking fragile. Yeah, he is, but he can make an offense pretty fragile as well if he's used in the right light. So Quandre Diggs last year, 1,221 snaps. Uh, second safety, Ryan Neal, 772. Third safety, Josh Jones, 376. So even if, I don't know, he kind of does receive, I don't know if he'll receive 376. I'll probably get more than that. But yeah, perfect explanation. Iggy hit the nail on the head, man. Third downs, big situations. Otherwise, sit him and let the other guys do work because that secondary is really good. And then Wagner coming in just makes that defense a little bit more freaky, man. And as a 49ers fan, it's not making me feel too good. Is there uh, anything else? Anything you, Iggy, want to touch on real quick before I move on here? Yeah, Iggy, give us some heat, baby. Yeah, give me, give me some. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me think about it. Um, I think Ellis to Atlanta could be an underrated move, uh, right? I, if that, you know, I think that you know Atlanta's due for some rough times. As much as they like to run the ball, I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to help them out much in the time of possession game. So uh, I think their defense could see quite a bit of the field. And I think that could be underrated. Uh, 
you know, just always look out for teams with bad offenses. You know, if you're if you're just joining an IT, IDP space for the first time, always make sure that you're taking a look at those guys because you want the volume. You know, you want the guys that are going to be out there a lot of snaps. That's just kind of the ticket. You know, so just yeah. that. Out of sorry, out of Troy Anderson, Michael Walker, and Caden Ellis, who would you want to draft there? What was the second name, Troy Anderson? Then who? Uh, Troy Anderson, Michael Walker. Or Caden Ellis, all three linebackers for the Falcons. Oh, Out of those yeah. three, who's taking? Man, you know I love Michael Walker, but they they did kind of start backing off of him last year. I don't know if that was because of his coverage. I honestly haven't gone back and looked at a lot of Falcons yeah. still to do that. But give me the upside of Ellis, man. I just they went after him for a reason. They backed off Walker for a reason. You know that's it's a good little you know trio they got over there. And I think Ellis could even be uh, utilized maybe on like the sub packages where he might be the only linebacker in coverage, so to speak, uh, or something like that as well. So give me Ellis, man. I think I'd rather have Ellis. Yeah, I think Ellis is um, probably the most polished out of all of them. Michael Walker did all right, but just kind of as a two. I'm not curious to see how he's going to do as that guy if they give him the range like that. Troy Anderson, he might actually get a lot of work just because defenses are like scheming towards him. So he would probably be my number two and then Michael Walker third. But, yeah, very interested to see uh, what that linebacker group does. There's a couple of dusty Wild West linebacker groups out there. and. Uh, I don't know, just kind of thinking last year going back, I was just pondering and like telling myself over and over that the Lions would have to draft a linebacker and then they waited until the fifth round, drafted him and used him sparingly. So anything could really happen. And um, I think we're going to an NFL where there's less like one tap players and more, um, I guess, kind of chess piece mindset where you have different players, different positions, different schemes, different matchups. And um, like you were saying earlier, Iggy, with that whole division mindset, uh, because if you don't win in your division, man, you're not you're not going anywhere. So, yeah, that's what it takes, man. And it takes, starts with good defense. Pete Girls, you know, arguably, I'd say arguably, I'd say he's a top five coach of this century. And, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing. So, you got to have that. Plan. Hell yeah. Acknowledge it, you know. And, been... and I'm not a Seahawks fan either. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want anybody that impression. I can't stand the Seahawks just as much as I can't really stand <laughs> no, me yet. either. But Pete Carroll, <laughs> like you said, like, you got to pay homage where homage is due. That man, that man knows people, that man knows ball. And be run- I mean, I hope I'm that spry when I'm that old, bro. <laughs> like, that's the dream. For real, for real. But, yeah, dude, I love fantasy. Uh, you know, we're about to see some of these guys are going to have an immediate impact as an IDP standpoint. You know, Anderson, some of these other guys coming out. But can't wait, man. I love talking with you guys. I got some company over, so I'll be dipping out pretty soon. But uh, I wanted to hop in and talk with you guys for sure. Yeah, for sure, Iggy. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. We're about to wrap it up here pretty soon uh, anyways, unless anyone has anything else that they'd like to add or uh, converse about for the next several minutes. No, I think I, w- I do want to touch on what Iggy, like this kind of playoff what Iggy just said there. This is, and what you said to start out, you know, this is kind of a ho-hum linebacker class. So what does that mean? You know, big picture, you know, strategy uh, standpoint, how do we – you know, take advantage of that. We look at the second year guys. So Michael Walker, you know, and Troy Anderson, very important names to be talking about, even because they're not part of the conversation yet. You know, and I'm listening. I'm listening to you guys. Cause I'm trying to figure out exactly, you know, where my where my thoughts are on that. So that might be something we'll, I'll look into a little bit more. Um, Quay Walker, another guy, second year. You know, even Jack Sanborn, our guy. You know, I know it looks like it's all over for Jack Sanborn, but, but. Never fear. You never know when somebody's going to roll an ankle or somebody's going to, you know, take, you know, just be like, I'm going to retire, you know, or Jack Sanborn just might win the job. So 
keep an eye on some of these second year linebackers that didn't break out last year. Right. Um, oh, oh. That would be kind of, especially because, you know, again, because you brought up this year's class is just kind of a meh class. And we, and we saw that reflected in free agency because linebacker, I'm pretty sure was the most busy position as far as guys getting signed. Now the pro- cost of them went way down compared to a few years ago when like Blake Martinez and Joe Schobert were getting paid, but we saw a lot of movement out there. So and that's indicative again of people knowing this class coming in ain't, ain't it. So again, these are these qualitative variables I'm always talking about in fantasy. These things don't show up in a spreadsheet, but if you look around and you're like, oh, what's this mean? You know, it's like playing poker. I mean, you can sit there and do all the math in the world, but eventually you got to look at the person across from you and say, what would they do knowing this information as well? So, yeah, for sure. Um, my last little bit about the linebackers, there are two guys that I didn't really touch on that I just want to kind of put in everyone's minds here for a second. Uh, Tennessee linebacker Jeremy Banks, love seeing him at the Shrine Bowl. He's a true middle linebacker, and the only game that he was out last year, his team got blown out. Um, Another guy, local guy actually here for me, I'm uh, Northern California around Sacramento. There's a guy, Marte Mapu. I don't know if you guys have seen him on um, Twitter, but he's getting a lot of noise. He had a peck injury at his pro day, but this guy went to the senior bowl and showed the hell out. Saw some of his tape. He's ripping through holes, hitting guys, tackling for loss. We're talking about a guy that's playing at a, a you know, a double A, I think it is school, Sac State. Like it's big around here, but it's not uh it's not something you're gonna watch on every Sunday. It's gonna be on your local access channel. So uh, Marte Mapu getting top 30 visits. Uh, so be sure to check him out. I'll, I'll definitely be posting about him, try to find some tape, uh, see what I can do on that. But um, always looking to talk about guys, learn about people. Um, most of you guys here, better here right now, already know. So just slide in the DMs or let's get a conversation going on Twitter. Uh, hopefully the space, not hopefully, I'm going to be here every week, 9 a.m. sharp on Monday. So uh, come back and get you some because we're going to ride it out until the season starts. Uh, appreciate you, Iggy, coming on. Jordan for the help. Cubby, Pedro, my guy. Danny, thank you. Shout out to the IDP Army, your place for IDP fantasy, everything else. We got the IDP index. It's got rookie rankings, got tiered levels. We got scouting reports, man. We got the whole shebang. Hit us up for that. Uh, podcasts, streams galore, man. It's the season and it's now. So let's get into it. Appreciate you guys rocking with us.